You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Teen Mom. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Teen Mom news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now... Picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues. It's After Buzz TV for Teen Mom. Hello, hello, Mari Fagel here, ready to break down all the Teen Mom drama, and I have some news and gossip for you. Isabel is not joining us tonight because apparently she's been recruited to help host the Rivals. We have two special guests in-house, so you guys will have to tune into that when you're done listening to us, but I do have Ed. Ed, how are you? I'm fine. Isabel's a traitor, but I'm fine. I can't hear my mic. My mic's not in the monitor. i got to talk to Phil in back there. I'm coming up. Here I come. Here I come. There's volume, and I'm there. Hello, Mari. <laughs> Hello, Ed. Well, thank you for not being a traitor, and thank you for sticking around, because actually this episode, there was something for Isabel and some news and gossip for you that I specifically had as I was writing my notes. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I, you know what? I've got your notes in front of me right now, so I am ready to be directed at some point to comment <laughs> and disagree or not. Real quick, I'm so <laughs> mad, Mari, that you're not in studio because that means the audience has to watch Ed all by himself, and he's going to do some stupid tomfoolery like he has been for the past, past five minutes. So luckily, most of our viewers are on audio only and can't see this idiotic man in front of me. Oh, just an ad there. Well, I will be in studio in Los Angeles a week from Sunday for a whole week. I will be hosting any show I can, and I can't wait to come out there. Unfortunately, I won't be able to meet Nehemiah and Leroy, who are apparently in-house tonight, but hopefully we'll have some cool special guests the week I'm there, too. Okay, that's good news, Mari, because I got to tell you, when you came out last time, I think we hosted more than one show, me and you, or one, at least one, and it was good. It was There was good. Everything was good. Timing was good. Everything was good. So you're, you are welcome. I'm glad you're coming. Oh, well, thank you, Ed. Yeah, I think we hosted... 16 and pregnant and dancing, dancing. Uh, usually when I come to LA I do other shows that I don't normally host so I did Dancing with the Stars that That's night which right. I've never seen and I remember being shocked that it was two hours yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah we had a good time that was cool yeah so uh, luckily Teen Mom will still be going on when I come out to LA so you will have some video because it'll be you me and Isabel and maybe even Courtney hopefully we'll get her back for that but let's get into te- uh, last night's episode Let's first talk about Caitlyn, okay. only because I have I, some, some news on, on Caitlyn and Tyler. Um, her dad was introduced tonight, and this is also why I wanted to bring it up, because I wanted to get your perspective on him. Okay. I couldn't quite figure him out, and I'm not sure where I stand on this. He seems like a really nice guy, yep. really supportive, yep. like a stable parent, 
so much unlike April and Butch and like, you know, her mom and her stepdad. And it's really sad, though. I don't get it because she has not seen him for four years, four years. She's been dating Tyler for seven years. He's never met Tyler once. And so he seemed like this great dad, and I was so happy that it's, it's heartbreaking that these two, Tyler and Caitlin, are constantly disappointed and let down by their parents because this dad seems like a great guy, but yet yep. he goes in and out of her life yep, four yep. years at a time. So well, what did you think of him? Okay, so first, I heard a couple of things. I did hear toward the end of the show where she said the four years, right? But when she was yeah. on the phone with him, she said, Dad, it's been, I haven't seen you for like a year. And so it sounds like there was some little brief meeting a year ago, but, you know, obviously he didn't meet Tyler at that point. Um, But, yeah, I think still, for the most part, you know, it's been, you know, for her, it feels like it's been years. And, yeah, I'm like you. i be really honest. When I heard her dad was coming, I'm thinking, okay, and, you know, what's wrong with this guy? And he shows up, and I'm looking the entire time trying to figure, okay, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? He he doesn't have the the same, like with the other parents, with uh, Tyler's dad and Caitlin's mom, you know, without, I don't know how to say it, without being, you know, judgmental, they have the appearance of a drug user. You know, they, they look like people who have just had a really tough uh, life of a drug, you know, user or whatever. But this guy doesn't. He, he's young looking. He looks pretty healthy. He looks like he's in shape. He, he seems to have good common sense. He seems to even be almost like Tyler is. A good communicator, sensitive, aware of what he, you know, like got good boundaries, all that stuff. Like when when Tyler was telling him, hey, dude, I tried to contact you to get permission to ask her to marry me. And he his answer was one of the best answers I've ever heard from any dad. You know, uh, he said, listen, if my daughter loves you and trusts you, you know, something to that effect, then so do I. And I was just well, like, no, he, wow. said, he said, I'd be proud to have you as a son-in-law, yeah, but that rewind too. a little bit, back up. He said, I was trying to get a hold of you, and I don't know if your number wasn't working or if, if I had the wrong number, and he just kind of nodded. Right. Like, there wasn't an, a like, oh, I changed my number, or, oh, I saw that. It was like a nodding. Like, he almost got the phone call, ignored it, and just kind of was nodding along. So that. That was weird to me. Well, yeah, there is definitely, there's a mystery there. There's a mystery there of, okay, you know, Caitlin said, hey, my dad ran away when things got tough. So the question is, okay, this guy that appears to have it all together, appears to be this good communicator, this, you know, well-rounded man, what happened? Who was he before that he's not in front of the camera? So, yeah, so there's a mystery there uh, as to, you know, what happened, who this guy was. But, like I said, that's something that I see Tyler doing all the time. Tyler is consistently faced with the possibility of being negative or to comment on negative things or to point out negative things. And he consistently says the positive thing in whatever the situation is. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's just uh, that's what I, you know, I'm so impressed with that kid. But, but yeah, I agree with I'm, you. I'm constantly impressed by him. But the reason why I'm the jury's still out for me on Caitlin's dad is because he seems so supportive and like such a good dad. But if he were such a good dad, then how could he be okay with not seeing his daughter for four years and with living in Florida when she's in Michigan? How could he be okay with that? I don't know. That's the thing we don't know. We don't know his reasons. We don't know why. Why, you know, we don't know. So. 
I mean, the only thing that I always take away each week from Caitlin and Tyler's drama and with their constant disappointment from every adult around them, except for Tyler's mom, but with every adult around them and their constant disappointment, all I ever take away is how amateur these kids are for the environment they were raised in, and I don't know how they turned out to be the kids they were, but their parents are lucky that they turned out to not be like them. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, they, the kids are the stable, you know, they're the anchor for all these other adults around them. Yeah, but in the, I will get to this later, but the preview yeah. of Caitlin and Tyler made me, reminded me of Isabel, and then the news and gossip I have on Caitlin and Tyler reminded me of you. Okay. So we'll get into that. But let's talk about your favorite character. I won't, I won't hold it out any longer. <laughs> Sarah. That's right. You are going to have to defend yourself and your love for this girl because let me tell you, she is a B I T C H. She is a straight up bitch. Her parents, (laughs) I don't know how they deal with it. I would have slapped her across the face years ago. Like, she literally is such a spoiled brat. And I thought the relationship had gotten better, but boy, this week, oh my God, I wanted to jump into my television and slap her and shake her and be like, please be nicer to your parents. They are yeah. so supportive. They help you to do everything, and you're so mean to them. Yeah, no, no. Now, now I, I'm not going to completely disagree with you, but I am going to, I, I can actually defend her a little bit in this, but I, that's the only time that Farah actually becomes unattractive to me is when I see her talking to her parents the way she does it is you know completely inappropriate however the content of what Farrah says is actually true I just wish she would say it and handle the situation differently she is her what she says is consistently just disregarded by her parents so that's my only defense is that she's she's accurate in what her complaint is it's just that you know what Uh, I, I actually tell my son this all the time I say dude when it comes to you being upset about something your parents do, you can make a request that they modify their behavior. But if the, but it's up to them to say yes or no. And if they say no, we're going to continue doing the thing we're doing, then you just have to deal with it. And you don't get to be disrespectful or anything else bad. It's your parents, the two people that brought you into the world. Those are the only two people in the whole planet that you're going to have to do this with. And, and you only got to do it really for 18 years. But you just got to deal with it. So I wish she would handle it differently. But yeah, this this episode where she's, you know, invited them to go house hunting in Arizona, she just was all about you know feeling dismissed and and all about what she was feeling and not about how supportive her parents were. So I, I mean, I I think I mostly agree with you. I mean, I understand. I guess what you're saying is you thought it was wrong that her mom was showing her these expensive neighborhoods when clearly she couldn't afford it and that they were trying to, like, go on hikes or do other things as opposed to the issue at hand, which was looking for a house. I mean, I understand that, that that's what she wanted. And, yes, her parents were kind of diverting, but they were still, they still agreed to fly out there. They still agreed to look at these houses and give their opinions. And I understand that she didn't want to hear their opinions, but there is no reason to be that mean. I mean, that dinner, when she says to them, you know, she, 
she says, if you can't handle this, you shouldn't have had this. Yeah. And then her mom finally stands up for her, herself and says, you need help. And then she says, you need mental help. Yeah. And she was just, and then she threatens them. And she says, yeah. if nobody wants to put an effort into this relationship, then we just won't have a relationship. When they never said that. They said from day one, okay, we'll do therapy, we'll do counseling, we'll do whatever. And the person I felt most bad for was her dad. Yeah. Because her dad never does anything. And he just sits there and listens. And he has to say, guys, calm down, calm down. Yeah. Quit fighting. Finally, he stands up for himself. Finally, they stand up for themselves, you know, at the end. But she was just such a bitch to them. And, and you know, and then she's so mean when she says, and this is why I want to move away. Don't. Don't threaten. Yeah, Don't no, do she that, was, she you was, know? Yeah, she was very mean. She said, Mom, why do you, what, what do you think I want to move away for? I mean, she's, you know, insinuating yeah. it's because of you. And she says, don't worry. You don't have to worry about seeing me ever again after I move. I mean, horrible things to say. But there is actually a psychological explanation for why someone would say such a thing to the people that are most supportive and most and close to, to them. And, and it is, I'm not going to blame the parents, but I'm going to say that the trigger actually is being pulled by them. And I'll tell you what it is. And this is for anybody out there in any situation. If you want to try to get another person who you're in an argument with or, or, or some sort of debate or whatever, you want to try to get them to act out of character, then all you have to do is not validate their perspective. If you dismiss them and invalidate and just not even uh, validate what they say, there's a good chance that they are going to sort of act out of character. Because if you can successfully sort of create a feeling of uh, non-existence uh, inside a person, then for them mentally, there doesn't matter what they do or say because you have already just sort of you know, made them non-existent. And to me, that's where, that's where fear is coming from. Her parents, she says things, and it just goes in one ear and out the other with their parents, and all they do is just sort of talk over it, and the mom says, well, Farrah, I'm just trying to show you what's out here. Wait a minute. She said, I don't want to go in here, is what she said. Now, the thing is, they are looking for a place for her to live with her daughter, and yeah, she's young, and she may not know the best thing for her, but she, she made a very clear statement about how she feels, and the parents basically ignored it. That's going to create a feeling like, you know what? I don't even matter. What I say to them doesn't matter. What I say, and that feels bad. And then at that point, that's when if you don't have a more mature person who knows to, to sort of take care of their own, that they're responsible for their own feelings and responsible for their own thing, actions, that's when you can see someone sort of act out the way she is. So, again, I think she needs to learn to take responsibility for her own feelings and actions. And not treat her parents this way. She needs to treat her parents with more respect. But they have to not just sort of completely invalidate what she does and ignore her. They, they, that's my, my admonishment to them is that they need to realize, you know what, regardless of what, how old she is and what's happened in her life, her perspective is her reality. And we have to at least say, you know what, I think it's clear. I understand you don't want to drive in here and... There's, there's all kinds of things that if you you know if they were to talk to a therapist, which I think is a great idea for them, the parents will hear some things that they did not expect. But long story short, there's there's work to do on both sides. Yeah. Well, we now know that she does live in Florida. So while I'm not sure if I think that's the best thing for Sophia to live so far away from her grandparents, no. I will say I hope the fact that she lives in Florida has since improved 
Sarah's relationship with her parents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we wish the best, of course, but it's a tough one. If you leave, it, it's, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, but it doesn't actually improve the communication, though. You know, not, not, not like the, you know, face-to-face communication. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Macy and her love, her triangle of Macy, Ryan, and Kyle. I mean, part of the episode was the same struggle that she's been dealing with the last couple weeks of whether she should or should not drop out of school, and she still hasn't quite made that decision, but she will soon. I still personally believe she should persevere. She should continue with school. I know that you and I talked in the past, and you said that you think if she needs a break, then you're okay with that. But as you heard the advisor say tonight, he doesn't think taking off a semester is smart. If he thinks that then she may not go back to it, and if it's a matter of being lazy, then she needs to just go, and that she's capable of passing, which I agree with that. Uh, I see her viewpoint that she doesn't want to waste another semester of money if she's not going to pass the classes, but she needs to get some more motivation. She needs to just do it. Yeah, I I think that what we're seeing, a little bit of what's a, a factor here is... Now, you know, Macy is a great mom. She's got great mom instincts, and her instincts are telling her to be with her child. And I I think that's great. But I think there's a hidden thing here. See, normally, if you got somebody that young and you got you're you know, living with their boyfriend who doesn't have a job, normally the primary concern is we have to be able to survive. We have to be able to pay our bills, pay our rent, and all this stuff. In this situation, she's got income coming from somewhere we don't know. And yeah. to me, that's taking the pressure off of and, and the, the sort of the reality of I need to have, you know, like in other words, if she was working at McDonald's uh, to make ends meet, she might realize more strongly, I got to get a degree so I don't have to keep working at McDonald's. Okay. And so she doesn't have that pressure on her. She's got this house that's $1,000 a month that would be, you know, in L.A., it would be $3,000 a month. It's, it's this nice place that she's renting. Got her boyfriend living there with no job, who only at this point seems to halfway help with the kid. I mean, he's a good uh, person in, in Bentley's life. But I see her doing the cooking, and I see her doing the, you know, earlier episodes of diaper changes and all this stuff. So I think maybe she's got money whether it be from mtv or whatever and that is taking the pressure off of you know her and she wants to say well in her mind she's thinking why can't i just spend every day that bentley is in my custody with him doing him being a mom that's what she wants to do and she doesn't see any reason why she why she shouldn't uh and i think the as far as the counselor goes statistically it's probably true that most of the kids who take a break or take try to take off semester don't come back don't come back. Yeah, yeah, so he's just probably... And, I mean, at least she finally did admit when her mom said, I went to school when you were a kid and it didn't affect you, and she finally admitted, she said, "I, it's not a matter of Bentley missing me, it's a matter of me missing Bentley. Yeah. So at least she finally admitted that. Yeah, and, and that's that's good honesty and that's really good self-awareness. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, that to me, you you're you're allow that to be forefront in your priority when you don't have the other thing, which is money and everything else going on. And now the other story arc for her here, I want to get your opinion on this because Ryan normally I don't stick up for him, yeah. but I felt really bad for him this episode. He wasn't even in it, but you know he offered Kyle a job. Basically, he said, "There's an opening at my company if you want to come in and apply." 
And instead of being like, oh, thanks, man, for looking out, you know, fine, don't do it. But you don't need to sit around talking about it and, like, that was weird. Why did he do that? That's weird. Like, it was just nice. Don't look, at it, look, don't look into it as anything other as than being nice and trying to extend an olive branch. And then even worse than that, they're talking about how Ryan friended Kyle on Facebook and how, like, that was a bad thing or that was weird and how... How Macy's mom, I was even more disgusted by this, that she ignored Ryan's friendship request. It's like, this is the father of your grandchild. Grow up. If you're going to make a relationship, don't sit around talking around him behind his back, especially when you talk about, about someone behind their back on reality TV. They're later going to see that. So <laughs> yeah. I just felt really bad for him here. Okay, well, I mean, you, you have the right to your incorrect defense and opinions if you want to. I personally think that... It was very weird. I think that Kyle should have ignored it. I think his mom was completely correct to ignore it. Um, and I think... And, it's just a Facebook friend request. Oh, my God. I'm not on Facebook because people... Well, I'll put it like this. Facebook can be dangerous. <laughs> okay. Well, so, I got some news and gossip on Ryan's Facebook, and you're not going to agree with this, and you're not going to like this. I'll hold it out for later, but... Okay. Okay, I still think that was rude. Okay, well, no, no, no. Rude, you know what? It can be rude and still be, in my opinion, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, rude is not necessarily mean all the time. Uh, it could be that because something can be appropriate and actually still be rude. So I just think that Ryan, you know, it, it's more a situation where, hey, Facebook is not a Bentley status page. You know, so don't 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 try to be, you know, Macy's mom's Facebook. Let her Facebook you if you if if that you know. But don't not the other around because see he's coming. It, of course, ideally, if everybody could get along with everybody, that would be the best for Bentley's sake. But in the beginning, when you got Ryan, uh, you know, doing court stuff against Macy, you can't initiate. Ryan cannot be the one to initiate. A, a, a connection with her mom. That's just not the right way to do it. You know, it has to be the other way. And with Kyle, it has to be the other way. So there's a time and a place for everything for me. I don't know. It, it might have been weird, but it was still nice. It was, I don't think it was, there was anything malicious, like, uh, for Ryan to, like, text him and be like, oh, like, I want to keep a better eye on him, or I... I he saw a job opening. He knows the guy's looking for a job, and he let him know about it. It's well, as simple as that. No, the job thing was actually very big of Ryan, very nice. I, most of what I was – well, all of what I was saying just a second ago was about the Facebook stuff. But, no, okay. the job and thing – the job? The job thing is like, okay, wow, that is really good of him. That's really good of him because, you know, I mean, I don't think he had the intention of bring – Kyle in and then sabotage him. No, 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 no. I think he really was like, hey, he heard about this availability and he thought, you know what, I'm going to let Macy and Kyle know that he should come down and, and, and work because uh, he's not working yet and this could be a means of income. So that part I thought was really big of him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have some, I think the most interesting news and gossip this week actually relates to Macy and Ryan and Facebook. So um, I'll keep you guys posted on that. But let's talk about Amber. Every week with her is just so sad. Like, it, I told you, I don't yeah. think there has been a week 
this season that we she hasn't cried in an episode. I don't think there's been a single episode that she hasn't cried. And this week it was because, um, which they've never discussed this on the show, but her sister died of sudden infant death syndrome. Right. Um, SIDS, when she was only, I guess, a couple weeks old. I don't know, when she was an infant. Yeah. And Amber was five years old. Correct, correct. Her sister would have been 15 at the time, and it was the day of the death, um, 15 yeah. years earlier. And she was struggling. But you know what? The the most promising thing out of this is that Gary was there for her and that Gary invited her to the tree lighting. Gary said all the right things. Gary was supportive. Yep. And my heart breaks for him because earlier in the episode he was saying, you know, I can't move on from her. I don't know if I can find someone new, yeah. but I don't ever know what's the right thing to say with her because she always gets upset. I don't know what's the right thing to say with her, which I'd be scared too. She gets upset at everything he says, even though he tries so hard and he sends her those five dozen roses. He does everything right. And I just wish the best for them, but she's so much of a loose cannon that I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't get to see every aspect of their, their dynamic and, you know, we see really very little, a small percentage of their lives with this show. But, yeah, you're right. What we do see is, uh, of Gary, is just this consistently positive, caring dude, you know, that that does all the right stuff, that is, you know, clear about what he wants. And he's even sort of, uh, I want to say, patient or understanding about things. Like, you know what? He, she's got a boyfriend. He doesn't like it, and she makes it, and he makes it clear that that he doesn't like it. But he's he's not like mean to her because of it. Whereas the opposite is true. When Amber is, doesn't like something that Gary's doing, she resorts to meanness, and you know whether it be hitting or with words or whatever. Uh, so yeah, they he does all the right things, like you're saying. I agree 100, percent and it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean. I don't know what's in store for this couple. I, I know what's going on right now, currently, but I, I don't really know exactly what ended up happening happening to Clinton. So we'll have to see how it unfolds. What do you think about her relationship with Clinton? I thought that was really awkward when he got on the phone and started cussing at Gary. Yeah. I mean, Gary did say, "Oh, Clinton couldn't afford these," but that was really awkward to me. And if I were Clinton, it's like. These two people have a baby together. Why? I don't know. I mean, I guess Kyle gets involved then, too. But I don't know. Kyle, they were already over, Macy and Ryan. They were over and they were done with And Kyle and Macy are way more meant to be together. Amber and Gary have a lot going on, and they're never quite over. And to be a third person entering into that is just not a good idea. You, I agree with you 100%. I think Clinton was just just a, a destructive force in, in, in that whole mix, um, unnecessary uh, reaction on his part. But if you notice, Amber was drawn to that. And so to me, you know, it's that's why he's in there. That's why he feels free to say the things he did, because he is getting unspoken and maybe even spoken approval from this girl. Because guess what? If she, if she didn't like it, she could have snatched the phone and said, hey, wait a minute, that is my daughter's father. There's no way in the world that it's okay for you to talk to him like that. 
And you know what? He probably should have said what he was going to say, and I was a, I was going to talk to him about that too. But you snatched the phone, and you should not have said. You know, so she could have taken a stance and reject him based on that, or at least reject that behavior that he he presented. But she didn't, and I think it's because she is drawn to that, and she likes that. She, you know, uh, I don't know how else to say it, but that's that's part of that's a fatal flaw of hers, is that the. the People yeah. that act like that Clinton guy, she she invites that into her life. So. Yeah. Well, I do have an update on Gary and Amber's current relationship. So why don't we go to a quick commercial break before we get to some news and gossip? Sounds good to me. Fill in. What do you got for us? Want to find out what the after buzz is about? Janice is a drama queen. This is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. This television, and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's Shakespearean. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. Find out why After Buzz TV is the number one source for after show content. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy... Nucky is a villain. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Your husband or your best friend? <laughs> the wig! The wig will come out that wig. When the TV show is over, get your after buzz on. Okay, so before we get into what I think is a pretty interesting week of news and gossip for the other three girls... Sarah, the only news I have for her is that she tweeted at her plastic surgeon, thanking him for checking in to see how her implants were doing. She said, my implants are doing wonderful. I get compliments literally all the time. You did a wonderful job. Yeah, I love blah, her implants. Blah, blah. Yay, Farah for your implants. <laughs> yeah, so let's move on. Whatever, Farah implants, superficial, whatever. <laughs> okay, so Amber, she was released from her two-month rehab stay last week. She flew back to Indiana. Dude, you oh, I'm sorry, me. I got so into it. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> no, I was scared by that. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I got too ahead of myself there. Sorry about that, Phil. But, um, okay, so Amber is back in Indiana after two-month rehab stay. She flew back last week. She's reunited with Leah. They spent the weekend together running errands. This is the status update on their relationship. Gary and his lawyers are apparently trying to secure permanent custody of Leah amidst rumors that Amber is trying to relocate to Tennessee, where her brother lives. That's a problem. Don't take the baby away. And clearly their relationship is not doing all that well if he's trying to get permanent custody and she's trying to move away. Yeah, once you once you get in... Uh, get into the mix with attorneys, then all of a sudden communication rarely happens directly with the the two parties, and all of a sudden it's like playing post bad game of post office. You know who's talking? You or the lawyer? Because some things get said that you didn't necessarily say, and they, the lawyer thinks they're trying to fight for your best interest and or the baby's best interest, and it can get ugly. It can get really ugly. And, okay, this, I think, is pretty shocking. And, Ed, I can't wait to hear your opinion because I think this is shockingly inappropriate. Okay, I'm listening. And bad, and I feel bad for Ryan yet again. But on this week's after show, 
Macy admitted that she uses Facebook to keep tabs on Ryan. She said they're still Facebook friends, but she uses it for her own benefit. She uses his status to prove that he's out partying when he's supposed to be home with Bentley. So she'll take a screenshot or picture of his status to keep as proof in case of an ugly custody battle. Okay. Well, what do you want to know? Because that's exactly what I was talking about. You, you, If you put your business out there, you're at danger of it being used against you. So that that's a reason why... You know, it's none of Ryan's business what his mom's, what her mom's Facebook is, and what Macy's Facebook is, etc. So that's Ryan's fault for allowing a, you know his information to be out there like that. I don't think that Macy is wrong. If that's what you're trying to ask, I don't think Macy is wrong for you know using the truth, presenting the truth. If it's the truth, then it's the truth. I mean, I guess. Ryan should be more typical about what he posts, but I think that's kind of inappropriate of her to be doing that. I don't know. Well, Hopefully she will never have to use it as proof. But the last piece of news and gossip I saved because it will finally put to rest the case that you've been trying to prove uh-oh. all season long on here on After Buzz. You always claim that you think that Tyler is one day going to wake up Try to reclaim Carly and try, and he's going to regret the adoption and he's going to want to be a bigger part of her life. Yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently, other people on Twitter felt the same way as you. So they point blank asked him and they said, you know, would you pull her away from her adopted parents and try to reclaim her as your own? And he uh-huh, tweeted, uh-huh. I would never do that to Carly. She loves her parents. Her real parents, Brandon and Teresa, and those bring caps. Okay, well, and uh, fair, fair. Thank you for the, the Ed read this. <laughs> However, I, I have to defend myself and say that it, it and, and if I if I said it a certain the way you're saying I said it, then then maybe I I was mistaken at that point. But my claim is that he is going to try to be heavily involved in her life, maybe even to have joint custody, but. Never was I thinking that he would want to take a, take her completely away. He's too smart for that. He's too aware of what a person's feelings are like and, you know, how people work. No, but I, I just don't expect him to be comfortable in the current role that he has with her. So that's what I'm talking about, to be like an additional adult regularly in her life, monthly, even weekly. That's what I'm, I'm talking about, but not to take her away. Yeah, well, I I don't even know about that because, you know, they were saying they want her at graduation and that they don't even think that Butch and April can handle it, so they might not even do graduation. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think that, see, to me, the adoptive parents have to be sort of, you know, anticipating a day when, okay, we're phasing sort of, you know, them out and to where Carly's getting old enough to realize who people are and we don't you know who would want a child to grow up at a young age and thinking okay this is my daddy but who's this person that is like always you know involved in holidays and birthdays and all around is it an uncle is it who's that and then 
to be confused if they ever are told to understand because the whole, you know, everybody's watching MTV knows what the situation is. This kid is inevitably sooner than later going to be told oh, that's your real dad. And then can you imagine the, dis the mental distress that can occur in a child be like, well, I don't understand why if I see my dad and I love him and this, you're my dad, what's going on? I mean, that I can't even imagine. So I, my expectation is that the parents, the, the adoptive parents are looking, you know, so for sooner than later for them to sort of phase out the biologicals and close the adoption. I just don't know when or, or how that will look. Yeah, well, I, I guess I must have misunderstood what you were saying, but no, he he will never try to take her back from adoption. But um, I wanted to get into our predictions for next week because I think Isabel totally hit the nail on the head uh, with Caitlin and Tyler, so let's get into some predictions. Okay. Ooh, good job, Mario. You're Any waiting for music, the music. Phil? Good job. <laughs> I love it. Fill in. And now, you're After Buzz TV Predictions. Okay, so as Amber's saga plays out, we've already seen this. This was back in December, but now we're seeing it air. Amber is arrested, and they put a no-contact order between her and Gary. So while we've already seen this play out, we've seen her mugshot all over, and we've seen, you know, some video from it. Now we get to see it from her perspective and Gary's perspective. So that will definitely be interesting. Um, Kyle apparently shattered his kneecap and is in the hospital. Sarah considers moving to Florida, which obviously we know that is the final destination she decides on. She mixes L.A., she mixes Arizona, and decides on Florida. So I personally think she'd be perfect for Los Angeles. I'm sure Ed, you would be happy if she was in L.A. You know what? Uh, you weren't here last week, but uh, when I, my comment was when I saw that she was in Santa Monica, I drove around <laughs> with my windows down y yelling for Farrah, but she, she didn't answer me. So, no, I'm kidding. Oh, no, but yeah. That's she was a thousands of miles away in Florida. <laughs> but um, Isabel, I wish she was here this week because she has been saying literally from – day one on AfterBuzz TV, that she thought Caitlin and Tyler's relationship was going to crumble and that Tyler was going to realize yeah. Caitlin's holding him back and he doesn't need her. We start to see that next week, it looks like. She and Miss were so different and he's about to start college and their relationship is going to start to crack. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, we saw that in the previews. So I, I have a question, though, about uh, Amber, um, I don't. I don't recall. Do we know exactly why she got arrested uh, here coming up? Do we know the arrest is stemming from the domestic abuse from hitting Gary, but she was only actually put in jail for less than a day. But it, that was the arrest. It was no new crime. It was just stemming from that. She had to be put in jail for that. Um, but she was in jail for less than a day, so, only just a day. So then they just now got around to it, or was there a, there's, there was a court date that was imminent, and she finally went, and then the judge decided we're taking you into custody? I mean, what the heck? It's been a long time ago. I mean, this was back in December, so, you know, <clears throat> legal processes take a while. And so, I mean, was yes, she out on December. bail? Was she out on bail or what? I mean, in other words, you know, no, if an I'm incident not sure happens, why it took yeah. so long for her to actually like be arrested and put in jail? I, yeah. I, it just has to do with the courts. But I do know when 
Gary says, oh, and they're thinking of putting a no-contact order, I know that there, in fact, was a no-contact order between her and Gary, just solely because of the domestic abuse, which made it incredibly difficult because they were kind of, like, on-off dating at the time, and because of Leah, to be able, they couldn't even be in the same room as each other, so I know that got difficult. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Good enough for me. Yeah. Well, Ed, thank you for joining me. Isabel, if you're listening, I know you want to, like, join up with Nehemiah and Leroy, but hopefully you'll come back to Team Mom next week because we're just as exciting, I think. And um, thank you, Ed, and let's, let's call it a night. Sounds good to me. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. After-